in a uh, survey that Pew did this year called Spirituality Among, Among Americans, they found that seven in 10 U.S. adults still describe themselves as spiritual in some way. Interestingly, 10% say they're religious, but not spiritual. I'd love to have a conversation with that person. Me too. What are you doing? How is oh, that? I know those people. Playing. What are those people? The people, those people who just are like... in the pew and they fully admit it. Like, this is what I do on Sunday morning. This is where I go. But I don't believe any of this. Welcome to episode 274 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. On today's episode, the Reverends Shannon Weston, Ogan Holder, and yours truly, Brian Burkoff, address and engage what's happening through a theological lens with a good brew in hand. And... Whether you are a longtime listener or new to the show, you can get even more content, even more conversation, more personal, informal things that we chat about, like Brian's decision to be looking like he's climbing the Tetons today and me looking like I'm on a beach. Uh, it's the whole thing. Um, I think you're closer to the beach than he is to the Tetons. <laughs> fair. Fair point. Fair <laughs> point. But other serious topics as well. You can get that when you become a patron, a patron at patreon.com slash just for a few dollars a month. You get all that pre and post show banter. You could even get a pint glass as long as we have some supplies, which Shannon is lovely holding up for us now um, and even more. So as always, thank you to our current patrons. And if you want to hop on the fun, head over to patreon.com slash Today we're discussing keeping Christ in Christmas, being spiritual versus being realis- uh, religious, not realistic, being spiritual versus being realistic. <laughs> I like that. You're not, too. You're not mean, wrong. Listen, <laughs> that's a slip of the tongue. Um, and the limits of free speech or the ability to speak, as Shannon might have trouble today. So what are we drinking, friends? Um, I got my usual, uh, oh, you can't see it with the back. <laughs> my usual... The beer My disappeared. magic invisible beer. <laughs> Not there. There. <laughs> Having fun with Zoom backgrounds. Uh, my usual Banks beer, um, the Bear Barbados. You don't have a lot of beer options here. But more importantly, I get this for free because I pilfer it from my mom's store. So that's why you'll most likely see me drinking and i got two of them so i'm making this a two beer show whether it needs to be or not mm, nice there you go. oh and i think you should start a brewery in barbados so there actually is there actually is a, a craft brewery called dread hop here in barbados but the problem is they not the problem is they haven't quite got the problem is like it's not for- <laughs> there's that <laughs> there's that and and for the most part they like sell to like restaurants um there's not a lot of stuff on the store shelves yet or you go directly to their brewery and 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 get some things um so yeah but not a bad idea brian what are you drinking today 
Well, uh, despite my background, I'm not in the Rockies. I am in Michigan, and I'm drinking a uh, Mad Hatter Midwest IPA by New Holland Brewing, brewed right here in Holland, Michigan. So obviously, I don't. I'm not on enough meetings where people are using a Zoom background and holding up beer because right. when you do that, the beer disappears. It's amazing. <laughs> it's very funny. What that. <laughs> Disappearing well, this is not a background. This is my actual messy office. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, Derek and I went to um, the Sagamore Spirit Distillery in downtown Baltimore. It's great. It's right on the water. Um, it's super cool. And we decided to give a try some of their bottled um, cocktails. Ooh. And so this is their ginger and rye. Um, nice. and I don't, oh. I don't usually like them, but these, like this one's good. Um, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Sometimes I don't like them cause they're too sweet, but this one really is just like ginger yeah. and rye. So it's, it's great. That sounds like an awesome combo. Do you not drink bourbon and ginger? That's like my regular dive bar drink, you know, really? it's a weird um, I uh, I do I do uh, rum and ginger, you know the what do you call it the dark and stormy, dark and stormy, yeah. And there's the yes. seven and seven, which is sprite and whiskey. Um, yes. Or seven up and secret or and uh, whatever seven Canadian seven whatever, um, whatever it's called. Yeah, but yeah, this one like you can see the bits of like ginger, like fresh oh, ginger in it. Nice. You know, oh yeah. Yeah. Very yes. good. Dark and stormy. I try to I try to get people to adopt that for my nickname, and it wasn't it wasn't uh, it wasn't sticking. I was too nice. I was being too nice. Is that is that what you'd like to be known from now on? Is that your that's your DJ name? Dark and stormy. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Wow. <sighs> on to today's topics. Well, Ogan may appear to be on a beach, but it is mid-December and wondering do you have a favorite movie to watch this time of year sort of a go-to like sorry it is right you can be on a beach in mid-December like those two things can happen correct but it's not it's not making us think <laughs> of snow and Christmas but okay. this happens fair enough even but in it was just the way you said it it was like those two things he's, aren't exclusive he, He's pandering. He's pandering to our North American audience, forgetting that we have an international listenership body. Yes. Come on, don't. Thank don't, you. Thank you. Don't be, don't be my harsh. Favorite to movie to yeah. watch this. But time most of, of our favorite holiday <laughs> movies take place where there's snow. Where there's snow. Mine. Got it. There you. So I think are there's these... some Hawaii Christmas movies out there. I'm just saying. <laughs> So it's funny because we really save Christmas movies for like Christmas, like Christmas Eve, Christmas, Christmas week. Right. We, I fully admit, we really don't watch a lot of Christmas movies pre, maybe I should, but anyway. So I can tell you my favorite Christmas movie over that period of time, but you know. Yeah. Go for it. I, what is right. it? And I think I'm probably the same. It's kind of like once the kids are on Christmas break. Right. Then it starts to feel like, okay, now it's like the holidays are on the corner or literally tomorrow or whatever. Um, so I get that. Yeah. So what do you like to watch? Well, there is that, one. I'll, there's one that I watch by myself 
at this time of year, which is um, the 90s version of Little Women. Um, and um, I just, I don't know why. I've done that every year for a long time. I just really enjoy it. Um, and that, I don't watch that with anybody. That's kind of just for me. So that's a pre-Christmas day kind of movie I watch. Is Winona Ryder in that one? Yeah, Winona Ryder and there's, God, and um, oh, who plays Beth? She's very, yeah. She was Claire on Claire Claire Danes. Um, is Beth and there you go. Anyway, um, Susan Sarandon's the mom. I know it like secondhand because our... Christy watches it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All, all our all our angsty '90s crushes. Winona Ryder, Claire Danes. If you're a woman in her mid forties, you know exactly what I'm talking about, and you probably watch it at Christmas too. Like bingo, bingo. Well, at least, for me, it's, at least a white woman in her mid forties. Uh, I was going to say, uh, at least uh, it's not Christmas for me until Hans Gruber falls off the top of mm. Nakatomi Plaza. So Die Hard, Die Hard is my that, that starts the season for me. We also resolved um, that we would watch Gremlins this year because it's been a couple of years since we watched oh, that's right. the Forgotten epic Gremlins. Christmas movie of Gremlins. That yeah. is a great Christmas movie. Am I allowed to stay in the room if I admit to never having watched Die Hard? Nope. You got to go. <laughs> Dude, I mean, come you're on, the man. two people that have never seen The Godfather. So, like, what I don't is think my you point? have any room to talk here. What is my fair point? Fair point. Fair, fair point. Um, but you know, after all the controversy around if Die Hard is a Christmas movie or not, I would like to think that by now you you should have seen it. But unequivocally, yes, it is a Christmas movie. What constitutes a Christmas movie? Where it's set at Christmas or Christmas features into the theme of the movie? That's that's the side question here. Yeah, even though I haven't seen it, I'm obviously aware of the debate, and I would lean toward. Christmas is happening, so therefore you can count it as a Christmas movie. So we we have a marathon because of the way our family works. Derek and I have a, a one day marathon of movies on Christmas Day, um, and they are Love Actually, um, yes, Emmett Otter's Christmas, Emmett Otter's uh, right, Junk Band, the, the Junk, junk band. band. Um, we do wait until the week all of our family watches them up at Christmas Carol together. Nice. Um, yes. And we either we kind of switch between Elf and Fred Claus because for some reason I have some I like Fred Claus, oh. um, but we we were more of an Elf, you know, kind of whatever. Um, but we always end with It's a Wonderful Life. So this year we got to find a way to get Gremlins in there. <laughs> as well. You do. There, there you go. Forgot about Love Actually. That's a that's a perennial hit there and christmas carol the george c scott version like that's the only one i'll watch no we're a we're a muppet christmas carol family although you we'll all, watch anything muppets really i'm guessing you all watched <laughs> spirited last year we did watch spirited last year that was fun i can't say it'll go into the rotation no but, but it, it was, was fun. fun it's fun that it exists good day <laughs> and good afternoon i can't remember what that means but I think it was like, fuck well, you it's like something. F you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. All right. So for me, there's only one movie that I feel like I have to watch uh, this time of year. And that's Home Alone. I just love it. Every time. <laughs> I love it. Every yeah. time. I haven't watched that in years. 
it just makes me happy every time yeah no i i i don't disagree it's just not what i watch um yeah. charlie brown like there's that i like to watch that's um, a classic it is and that one i'll watch before like if i just need to wrap a couple presents and need to put something on like i'll put on charlie brown what about like but it's some of the cartoons like frosty the snowman stuff like that like i feel like when our kids were younger we would always uh, sort of okay charlie brown christmas frosty yep. rudolph you know the, sort of those kind of things it's funny that's what i was gonna say like when they were little we had them all on dvd right. and we would put them in and they're hard to you find know, streaming yeah and now they're not like now when you can stream and you can just put anything on like they're not ones that i think to put on yeah um and sometimes it's hard to find right like i don't know what they're like who, who has them, the what rights platform and blah, they're blah, on. blah do i have to sign up to a new service i'm not paying for 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 frosty not gonna do exactly. it exactly right i'm not gonna do it you know happy birthday i say that all the time like that's the like and every, every if you know you know no none of us mentioned a christmas story i'm not a christmas story person no i'm not either i have seen that but not like once sure. and i was like what's the big deal yeah i don't i don't like I don't get it. Um, although, fun fact is that Ralphie from A Christmas Story is one of the elves in Elf, which is fun. Really? It's fun. Mm -hmm. That is very fun. It is. Anyway. I like that. All right. Shifting gears, but not a lot. What would you say to someone who says, <laughs> we need to keep Christ in Christmas? I love the fact that none of our favorite movies featured jesus but i mean <laughs> nobody said know. the nativity <laughs> no, right no, none of our movies feature the actual reason we're doing christmas but you well, know because are whatever. there good movies about that <laughs> good fair point that is a fair point does the life of brian count as a christmas if movie we're avoiding like so. christian kitsch <sighs> no but to me i mean this is probably part of my answer would be like what we celebrate as Christmas is a secular holiday about gratitude and giving um, that that Capitalism. Thanksgiving season through, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, but it's not, there is a, re, there can be a religious aspect to it, but I actually see those as two different things. Yeah. I would, I would say to them, good day. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, I think that's I mean, an important point, Shannon. I think people, a lot of folks don't have the ability to differentiate those two things, right? They'll, they'll want to look at sort of the, the cultural embrace and the, frankly, the U.S. Western capitalism embrace of the season and, and somehow try to make people feel bad for that. And then say, well, we need to just, you know, focus on the reason for the season, mostly because that rhymes <laughs> or, you know, keep Christ in Christmas. Yeah. And I like your ability to hold two things and be like, this has become a part of the culture that's beyond religion. And you know what, that's okay. Cause there's a lot of good things we celebrate that are ubiquitous and not owned by any one religious tradition. And also if you want the religious aspect, we got four Sundays of Advent, we've got Christmas Eve worship, and that's the time right to take to heart that message and that, you know, whatever. And if I really wanted to push it and I really wanted to get, you know, 
an answer or they were really pushing me, I think I would say, tell me one thing that you do outside of going to church that is that is biblical, that is Christ. That's keeping Christ in Christmas. That's keeping Christ in Christmas. Say like besides going to church, which we can (laughs) we can also separate church and Christ and like we can also do that. But like besides that, what is one thing you do that you consider sacred in this this holiday of yours? I like that. Um, And and just now I probably wouldn't it would probably come off as being assholery, but you know, like really just in like, I don't, I'm a minister and I don't know. Yeah. We light an advent candle on my thing, but like, that's not keeping Christ. And you know you what drink I mean? The like, advent beers, the advent bourbon. I mean, you guys are I all mean, in. Come on, I have an advent calendar that with liquor, like, come on, I'm keeping Christ. Isn't that what Jesus did? Come on. But I, th- I think, uh, you know, oh. someone said this to me, I, depending on the situation, I'd, I'd like to think I'd say, tell me what that means to you. Right. Because no doubt they're bringing in like a whole bunch of what that is. And if it's frankly, if it's like if if I see Mary Xmas on one more card, like if that's what they're talking about, I'll be like, you know, the like the Greek letter Chi was actually symbolic for Christ. So actually, it's okay to say Mary Xmas because that still means Christ. Right. But if it's something else, then let's talk about that. Yeah, Yeah, I I would. I, I would ask them why. Why do you assume that the Christ isn't in Christmas, right? And if they're talking to Shannon's point about the secularization, the commercialization of the holiday, well, that ship has sailed. If they're talking about, you know, oh, we say happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas. I'm like, well, you know, Christmas is not the only event that happens or right. religiously connected event that happens at this time of year. It's not, so it's not about Christian holiday that happens this time. Exactly. So we're, so, so we're yeah. not trying to, we, we, you know, you know, shoot us for being exclusive, you know, right. you know, why do you want to be a bigot and not include everybody else? I mean, that's, that's one possible response, <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. I think, I, I think the folks, the, the, the folks who are asking that question are, you know, probably the same folks who are trying to ban books and who are trying to, you know, do, you know, probably, probably flirt around with Christian nationalism. I'm making a, a horrible assumption, but I'm probably not wrong. Um, you know, well, I and, did and- have, I've never had a parishioner say this to me, but I did have a parishioner we were at the Christmas party, the church Christmas party in 2016. Yeah. And one parishioner was pushing another parishioner. I just happened to be in the room on um, why they voted for Trump. And she Damn. said, because I wanted to be able to say Merry Christmas. Mother. And, <laughs> and he's a lawyer. Like the person pushing her was a lawyer and was like, and in what world would are you not free to say Merry Christmas? Like, right. you know, so there there really was this. So I haven't necessarily had to answer this question explicitly, but I, I was watching this going. And I oh. like literally was like, if I could have been Homer in that like gift that goes into the- Disappeared, disappeared into the bushes. Disappeared into the bushes. <laughs> I totally like... would have. Because they all just like looked at me and I was like, <laughs> great. And like walked away. <laughs> I was like, I'm not You're getting into this. To mortgage the future of this country and the supreme court because you want to say merry christmas which you, you can say, say in christmas. every possible future depending on you could elect elmo president you can still say merry christmas absolutely 
Absolutely. So, so I think, I think the person asking that question and they may be a lovely person, but um, a lot of, a lot of these questions are really, whether they realize it or not, just code for like, can I be my usual exclusionary bigoted itself and it be okay? Like why, you know, why, why all of this political correctness? Why all of this, you know, oh, people want to say happy holidays. So we're yeah, getting all this Christmas Kwanzaa now. Why Hanukkah to, garbage? Right. So, so I, whether people realize it or not, that's kind of what they're saying. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I would so. love to see. So here's what I would love for us to do as churches and, and particularly like progressive churches, but all churches is turn this into a question, which is like, if there is all of this capitalism and commercialism, like, and even if there's part of this secular holiday that we like which there are parts that of this holiday that i like right how do we celebrate christ in christmas like i would like to ask that question and i think that we should ask that question as people of faith yeah but when we make it a statement and when we make it about other people need to do what i wanted what what i think that's when we have problems right yeah Rest of us for the rest of us. <laughs> oh my gosh! Serenity now. <laughs> uh, we only celebrate Merry Clausmas in this household. Oh my god! So it's funny because I I did once hear a rant about like, well, what's at the top of your tree? Is it a star? Is it an angel? Or is it like no. something? Blah blah blah. And there was this whole what? like thing about it. And I was like, you can put whatever you want on the top of your tree, honey. You can have a Muppet, a, a, a puppet of like Kermit the Frog up there for all I care. Like it's a Christmas tree. Nobody yeah, you can have crap. Grogu up there for whatever, exactly. whatever floats here. I, I used like, to I really used cares. I used to put on the top of my tree whatever still lit up when I plugged it in from the year before. Right. Like, like that's it. Oh, we had we, by the we way, had a star, we had angels, we had different things, but you know, from year to year. You plug something in and it doesn't light up. I'm like, all right, that's not going on top. Simple. In in this vein, um, and I'll post it on our Facebook page, friend of the show, Leighton Williams, wrote a piece. Um, she wrote a an opinion piece about how God, like how God doesn't care about what color your advent candles are. Oh, I saw that. Yes. Um, yeah. And so it's around this same vein, right? I of love like, it. Yeah. You know, anyway. Right. Yeah. Because there are those like super sticklers churchy folks who are even progressives who are just like no it has to be oh X, y, and we Z. care about the dumbest stuff yeah. we yeah. really do yeah. <laughs> well we so so not to and i'm not here them. to steal your joy if you want right. blue and white if you want purple and pink we have all red candles because that's what goes with our dining room table so they're all right. red and like wow i will because i don't you. think god really cares what color my advent candles are quite frankly <laughs> Um, <laughs> frankly, God doesn't care about anything. That's a whole other discussion for another time. But I think, I think when folks if, get to, it's, it's the comfort of the ritual, right? And, and the ritual say, becomes sacred cow. And then, and then if we're going to, if we're going to change the colors of the Advent candles, what's next again, and then, and then it becomes a whole inclusionary thing. And again, biggest want to be bigots. They, the, uh, this is, it's all really just that whole like, if we change, if we keep changing, if we keep changing, 
nothing that we love will ever be around anymore. And I think a lot of this is based on, again, the fear of change, the fear of losing, the fear of evolving, the fear of inclusion, the fear of all, all the things. Yep. And I don't think people realize that's what's at the at the core of their adherence to these rituals never changing. And then, you know, pretty much blaming God about it. Well, last word on this. I also like if purple and pink candles bring you joy, then by all means have purple and pink candles, right? Like I used to be so stickler of like no Christmas music before Thanksgiving and your tree should be up at this. I mean, I just, that was my opinion about it, but like the world we live in right now, honey, what, like you want your Christmas lights up in July, you put them up in July. Like well, for the record, you, you weren't wrong. I was going to say, I was going to say no Christmas music before Thanksgiving is, is a good idea. That is still my rule for myself, but what I'm not here to do is steal joy. I am yeah. not interested in no, that like game it. any longer. I like it. Like, That's good. No one, listen, no one needs an extra week of Christmas music. That's where I am with that. I'm, I'm, I'm behind you hundred percent. By the way, Apple music's Christmas selections are crap. I'm just putting that out there. Anyway, uh, let's move on. <laughs> let's let's do. <laughs> so interestingly, despite uh, declining church attendance and sort of uh, yeah formal participation in religious institutions, in a uh, survey that Pew did this year called "Spirituality Among Among Americans," they found that seven in ten U.S. adults still describe themselves as spiritual in some way. So 70%, uh, which is pretty high, nearly half say they're both spiritual and religious, meaning they also participate in religious institutions. Um, some, you know, 22% say they're spiritual, but not religious. 21% say neither. But interestingly, 10% say they're religious, but not spiritual. I'd love to have a conversation with that person. Me too. What are you doing? How is oh, that? I know those people. Playing. What are those people? The people, those people who just are like... in the pew and they fully admit it. Like, this is what I do on Sunday morning. This is where I go. But I don't believe any of this. What? Like, I'm here to help people. I'm here to, for the mission. I'm here for the whatever. But like, I don't know. Yeah, I totally know those people. Yeah, they are out there, but it is an interesting category, isn't it? But you admitting to it's a whole nother thing. <laughs> but those people for seriously, I was gonna say, cause cause those people like that that I might know stop going to church eventually. They they're like, what's Actually, the point? Most of the people I've met that are in that core category um are in the choir at church. Oh yeah. Yeah, oh, that, well, that ways, right? <laughs> choir people. Well, because they want to like this choir. is their opportunity to sing. On a regular basis yes, with yes. a community and be part of a community. And, and no one else will have us. <laughs> that's what, that's like, what that is. And they can't get in anywhere else. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <To be> like, <laughs> I'll sing in church, but I'm not spiritual at all. Like, I, I don't know. Like, like is spiritual a negative term? Like, uh, so anyway, so what do you think of these results? And how would you describe yourself? I think the nearly half that say that they participate in a religious institution is way off. It's like the lion. <laughs> well, oh, it's not that this high. Is what's, it's not that high. There's no, no I, way half I of agree. people. And what I, what I, so it's funny because I like, so I would probably put myself in that category 
because I am associated, but like, we don't go to church regularly. But if you attend, like people who go to a Christmas service, an Easter service, maybe a funeral and a wedding will say, I participate in religious institutions. I guarantee like every wedding that I've done in the last five years, the people that I married would check that box because they are associated with this church from childhood that they have not stepped foot in maybe an occasional Christmas service, but they have not stepped foot in, in years. And they don't want to pay the non-member fee. You know, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, Oh, I should probably mail in the per capita fee for Derek and Maggie. (laughs) Right. Right. They're still members at Ashland. And like, I was like, Oh, I should, I should send in a hundred dollars for the per capita. (laughs) Is there really like a, like a per capita minimal expected contribution as a member? We ask, it is not expected, but we do like. And are those dues that go to the presbytery or or how does that Mm -hmm. work? So a a percentage goes to the presbytery and then a a smaller percentage goes to the Senate and even smaller percentage goes to the general assembly to keep the institution running. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Does the UCC not have that? We do. um, It's called um, our wider mission, OWM. And yeah, we just call it per capita. Ours is literally, <laughs> it got raised this year to $3 a member. Oh, ours is $46 a person. Like, what are you doing with three bucks? Um, um, They're running uh, the what? church, Brian. <laughs> this is this is all new to me because like, I've oh, never. Oh, Unity doesn't have that? Oh, God, no. No, 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 no. Yeah. What? It's, it's like, part of is our. Is this a membership due? Really? It's not well, a membership dues. It's not a membership dues. It is of participation in the wider connectional church. It is a you say tomato tax. <laughs> I was going to say, you say tomato, I say tomato. <laughs> <laughs> I spent 20 years saying it is not a tax. It is not membership dues. It is uh, our contribution to the wider wow. connectional church. Tax the rich. Tax the... <laughs> well, we are Presbyterian, so, you know. Yeah, right. I've, I've, we are the yeah. example of both social um, health care and taxing the rich. <laughs> there you go. There you go. We've proven it can be done. And it can be done within our constitutional system because they copied it from us. <laughs> so a question like, um, what is the three in 10... Who, what is in there? Like, how would they describe themselves? Do you think who are not spiritual at all? Who would say spiritual does not describe me? Is that like a just, I'm purely secular. Uh, I don't believe, you know, I don't believe things like God or, or spirit are real. And so, cause I know some people who are like that, but still would describe themselves as having a spiritual aspect, even though they don't believe in God or et cetera. Well, I would, I would, I would, yes, I would say there's, there's the atheists, there's the secularists, there's the humanists. I think all of those would fall under that um, category. Um, but I think there are also those. Um, so, like when I when I think of Buddhism, for example, you know, we describe Buddhism as a spiritual practice or even a religion in some cases. But there's some who simply look at Buddhism as these are precepts for living. They're not necessarily spiritual or religious. Um, we don't we don't meditate, we don't do this, we don't do that, but you know, the eightfold path makes sense to me. Can you so, be Buddhist oh, and not meditate? This is what I'm gonna... You could be Christian and not pray. So I mean, come fair, on. Fair. 
fair. I also, I mean, what I do think is right about this is like at least 30%. What I would put that in is like, it's just not part of their life. They just yeah. don't think about it. So whether you call them humanists, that they believe in the greater good of humanity, right. whether you call them positive thinkers, like. But that feels you spiritual know, to me. I understand, but we think about spirituality. I think this is a category of people that like, this just isn't part of my life. Yeah, no, I, you're right. Yeah. And I, I think these, that's fair. Like, actually, these are the I, don't, people, I don't understand it, but I think it's fair. Yeah, these are the people, like you say, it's not on their radar in any way, shape or form until somebody wants to, you know, pass some sort of equity law around homosexuality. And all of a sudden they're like, the Bible says homosexuality is wrong. All of a sudden they know some Bible. Um, but you get, oh, see, so I, like, see it's, I see it as the opposite. It's the, these are, these are the people that um, I don't think about it. I don't care. And then they get cancer and they say, your prayers are welcome. Right. Those two. Like, yeah. Those, those, and I don't those, have a problem with that, by the way, I really no, don't. Of course not. Like, um, I think this is a category of people that there there is a privilege that comes with just not like spirituality or something beyond you or something greater just isn't part of your life um, yeah. because you don't need it to be. And that's like, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, that's okay. Gotcha. It's just yeah, a yeah. different way of being than what yeah. I understand. You yeah. know? And I wonder if there's a subset and I'm maybe not who, uh, who have reacted to or traumatized by being being raised in a, what they perceived as an overly religious slash spiritual environment. And I just want nothing to do with anything that even smacks of religion, exactly. including the term spirituality, even though they, they may have things that an outsider might look in and say, that's They're kind of a spiritual or that has a spiritual, they would just use other words. Well, and in my, like in my extended family, like I'm the odd one in terms of a, a religious affiliation yeah like they do not have like the rest there were six kids in that family there is my family and my aunt one of one of those children of my you know um, aunts and uncles and father that go to church like that's it yeah amazing so we're the opposite of this study <laughs> right that. Does this I think, study I, give you sorry, hope ahead. or despair for the future of church as institution? Neither. I mean, I was, yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Neither. It's, yeah. It's a whole other. I Yeah, I think that's a different, um, I was having a conversation yesterday about um, all the money that is sitting in our judicatories bank accounts, like, tens of millions of dollars and their refusal to spend it right now Ooh. and this idea of like what are we waiting for and not just what are we waiting for but like what happens to all of this money and there's a shift going on in our denomination where they want to right now we're on a social health care system where it doesn't matter how many dependents i have you pay a percentage in right and they're they're talking about sh shifting away from that and I'm like, what are we doing with all of these tens of millions of dollars? Why don't we pay for our health care? Like, what are we waiting for? And where does all this money go? And because in 50 years, I just don't know who's left right. to spend they're waiting. Money. They're waiting for a real emergency. <laughs> well, but like, what is, the, is this not it? Okay. Like, are we not know, that's, there? That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, well, 
we are here. We have arrived. Day fun. I was like, the typhoon went, came and went, friends. Like they're waiting until there's only ten of them left, and they can all go on these Boku vacations and just be like, yes, this was the emergency. Is it about like should is this a race? Like, is this an amazing race where I'm like the last one standing? Where I'm like, (laughs) I get all the money. Like, what is this? What we're waiting for? Right. Like, anyway. So I it does neither for me because I don't I don't know where we're going. I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> we gotta we gotta shift our mentality from rainy day fun to like the world is on fire right now. Forget yeah, rainy can days. Can we get some world? fire extinguishers or something? Well, and people are on fire. How do we help people right now? How do yeah, we legitimately exactly. help people? Boom. Like our people are drowning in debt. Let's help them out. You know, let's pay yeah. off our health bills. Let's you know, let's figure this out together. Yeah. Um, anyway, that sounds so I don't know. And spiritual. <laughs> but but to your question about uh, hope, hope for church, church is an institution. I think it's I mean, it's going through some I wouldn't say it's failing. Um, you know, if you if you base success in terms of like numbers and attendance and all that, even as this. Uh, survey showing yes we can say arguably it's failing but I think what's happening is the the model that you know come together on a Sunday morning model is yeah been slowly diminishing for decades and decades and decades and will continue to do so but something something new something different is is forming and taking its place so I I think people always will the majority of people and I think this is what the survey is saying the majority of people will will always have some sort of spiritual bent, some sort of, and for me, when I say spiritual, I mean, uh, thinking, thinking the, the grandness beyond ourselves, beyond our five senses, beyond there's, there's more beyond just what we can see, taste, feel, smell. Right. So people, I think people, majority of people will always lean towards that. The packaging in terms of how it's been tied to religion, um, or a specific uh, set of, uh, you know, specific theology, I think that's going to continue to change because the theologies of, you know, they they all come up short. And, and uh, they're just, there's a doorway. The theology is a doorway you walk through. And I think people are going like, yeah, I'm, I'm going through the doorway. I'm no longer just stuck in the archway. And so, they'll always do that. I mean, sort of to put a more serious answer and to wrap it up, like, what this study tells me is not that for the hope for the church is that the way that we do church now is the problem. The problem is not a need yeah. to be connected to something greater than ourselves. Yes. Like that's the discussion we need to have. That's what this study says to me about the future of the church is that it's not, it's not the desire. It's the way we're doing it. So less Sunday morning. And more pub theology life. You're welcome. Anytime. We fixed it. <laughs> Tell me when. I'll be there. There you go. There you go. All right. There's been a lot happening, um, or this has been covered a lot in the news. Several university presidents, uh, MIT, University of Pennsylvania, as well as Harvard's president, Claudine Gay, have been brought before Congress and asked whether terms like intifada other terms, which some interpret as calling for the genocide of Jews, whether that kind of language constitutes harassment or punishable 
speech and uh, Gay has been under fire for saying it can be depending on the context. And, and she was pressed by a congresswoman to give a yes or no answer to what she felt was more complicated. And uh, so a number of um, Jewish students, alumni and faith leaders are calling for her resignation. Um, so wondering about the line between allowing all speech as free speech versus deciding to restrict or forbid certain speech as hate speech, which might be intended to incite violence. Like where do you draw the line? And obviously there's different settings for which this question is asked. This is in a university campus setting. There's also questions around social media so, and what should be allowed. So I got to there. We should also add some larger context to this question because she was being pressed by Representative Elise Stefanik, who is, I mean, if you don't know who she is, please, please look her up. Awful woman, awful, awful, awful. So there's that. And she was being pressed for a, for a very yes, no slash black and white answer, yep. right? Is this a speech or is it not? And um, nothing, is, nothing is that succinct. Nothing is that black and white. There's a difference between, and um, again, students who are in a protest in support of Palestine chanting versus a student who is, you know, banging on, uh, you know, a, a Jewish student's door, yelling these things and screaming at them down the hallway. So, so we, 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 we can't simplify it to a yes or no. We need a broader context of things, which was missing um, from the from the soundbite um, that that went viral around this, the, the Harvard president, a black woman, by the way, Claudine Gay, uh, she still I, I was she has say, not resigned. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's give a little bit of so first off, um, and I'll say this in a minute about the algorithms of not getting a newspaper anymore, but getting your news via the you know whatever online thing where algorithms I have not seen this story once on my algorithms um plenty of sister wives drama which like whatever don't care rather hear about this by the way right. apple are you listening um throwback to last week great cloud of witnesses yes. like i'd leaned a little exactly. more education like they are listening they are <laughs> um but second off like these are people the people pressing her these are people who are embarrassed that Harvard, the elite standard for American higher education, has a black woman as a president. Let's be honest about that. Ooh. They don't like that. Ooh, and they preach. would take any opportunity to embarrass her. Wow. And she knew that going in. Second off, that her answer, it can be depending on the context, is the most professory answer ever given. Like... I yeah. She is not a Supreme Court judge, but that is also a judge answer, right? It's a very thoughtful, like, tell me the context and I'll tell you whether it's anti-Semitism or not. Like, Which is how any like situation. good conversation should entail. It's a smart person answer. Right. <laughs> like, well, again, look who's doing the asking <laughs> again. <laughs> are you saying but some non-smart people I don't even... are listening to this and reacting? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm saying they were out to get her, period. Yeah, like, no, yes. I think that's a fair point, right? Yes. That she's the first uh black woman to be president of Harvard. She's only been in, I think, 10 weeks. Like 
less than three months. These are people who are embarrassed by that fact. And by the way, how many black women presidents of universities are there, period? Period. Right. Let alone of Harvard. Right. You know, yeah, like, let alone an who, Ivy League. She is um, more than qualified to be the president of Harvard. It's just anyway, I'm I'm there's, there's a whole situation here that is difficult. There is there is that too. Sorry, and, and I was going to say, uh, and it should be noted that they've also been calls for the president of uh, the University of Pennsylvania, who is a white woman, to resign as well, because because none of them, again, these are intelligent women, and none of them are going to be, you know, pigeonholed into a yes no answer. Like life doesn't work that way. And the whole premise and they're is- not. And, and they're none not of these women are anti-Semitic. Like, that's no. not what's happening. Exactly. But it goes back to our conversation from weeks ago, which is like, Israel is the third rail, and anything you Ooh. say against Israel gets you knocked out in the United right. States. And, if you, and then if you don't punish the people who say anything against Israel, then you are also right. anti-Semitic, which so is So I'm going to answer horrible. this question with in the words of Harvard president Claudine Gay, which is like, it can be, it depends on the context, you know? (laughs) Yeah. My answer is good day. (laughs) Happy holidays. I mean, listen, I understand where she's coming from in terms Mm. of like, I, I just, people at Harvard, we no, exclude the people like, like we all need to be better. And if you're at Harvard and you're getting your education and you can't understand some context around this, now, the fact that a rabbi, you know, resigned from a task force, like I, people have to do what they need to do. But if you can't watch the whole thing, if you can't take the time to educate yourself, then honestly, you, you shouldn't be at Harvard. Like, so so also some follow up. Uh, she apologized, which I didn't think she needed to do, but she apologized for. But I understand why she did her comment. I understand why she did either. And then Elise Stefanik, again, horrible woman, says after this week's pathetic and morally bankrupt testimony by university presidents, when answering my questions, the Education and Workforce Committee is launching an official congressional investigation with the full force of subpoena power into Penn, MIT, Harvard, and others. I mean, can because why, there's why no we, way a black uh, woman is qualified for this job, and we need to put a stop to it. Might as well be the end of that sentence. Sorry, I'm sorry. That also, pisses me off. No, it pisses me <laughs> off too because I'm like, can we? focus, you know, government power and something more important. <laughs> like there are people well, starving and dying in the streets, but why are we wasting time on this? Because we, you, you kind of put yourselves in this position with your simply unconditional support of Israel. You should be more embarrassed by the fact that at the recent UN Security Council asking for a ceasefire that the US was the only country that voted no. Why, why aren't you embarrassed about that? Yes, the people here who are so upset about words which might call for a genocide have nothing to say about a potential actual genocide happening right now that the U.S. is supporting. Like, right. Let's no, have that conversation. Killing innocent people yes. rather than supporting a ceasefire to continue negotiation for what is a very complicated piece of land. I won't even say issue. Like, it's a very complicated piece of land where yeah. real people, real lives, real homes are at risk. Like, yeah. Yeah. This, but this you know, stuff, like, 
this just makes me feel like I just want to anyway. So let's shift real quick. <laughs> like, so what do we think about social media allowing any speech versus having systems in place to restrict either hate speech or uh, like fake news or bots? Like, so with Elon Musk take over a Twitter or X, he took away any of the guardrails, any of the safeguards against hate speech, against protecting fake news from, or fake accounts from looking real. Um, he reinstated people who were known sort of um, extremists, used hateful language, participated in potential plots of violence. Like, let's just, let's let everything at the table is his view because that's truly free speech. Like, do you agree with that? So, you know, when, when do you draw the line? So here's here's my thing with that. I if we if we are following free speech to the letter of the law, yes. Have have your platform where you allow it all. I don't need to be there. Right. I won't it. be there. <laughs> right. I'm no longer there on it. Uh, yeah. you know, and, and if the only people who are left are are the bigots and the racists and the homophobes and yelling, you know, yeah. all that misogyny. Enjoy your clown other, show. Exactly. So, so be it. Right. And then you also have to accept the consequences of that. So like, as we've seen, so many advertisers now are pulling their money from X because their, their ads are appearing next to, you know, all this, you know, racist rhetoric um, and stuff like that. And they're like, this is not what we signed on for. So if you're going to stuff Musk himself has either tweeted or liked oh, he, which is he, yeah, he's a he's he's a moron so so if you are going to create a platform that allows that then you just you have to handle what comes as a result of that yeah. which is you're going to have a much smaller group of people on there you know again spinning your wheels repeating all the hateful rhetoric and people are going to separate you're going to lose money it is not whether the or whether the corporations believe or not believe we don't know what the hell corporations believe in they believe in money and it is it yeah. is not profitable to be hateful if it was profitable to be hateful they would be there but because of who we are in the world now at least in the u.s where we realize that um that we i think the majority of folks do not support um all the all the isms and the phobias that yeah they're gonna go where the money is and it's not there yeah i fair. agree but i also don't i it is profitable to be hateful like trump is profitable because he's hateful mm. like i i, I is, i'm he, very good he is but but corporations corporations like to play both sides Yes. Uh, right. They're going to they're going to go for the money. And for the most part, we have shifted towards where a corporation supporting anything hateful is going to get dragged. Diminishing and returns. It's dimin diminishing and returns. There was a time where that was not the case. And yeah. who, God forbid we go back there. But that's where we are, you know, right now. Maybe the one really exception. Maybe the one exception to that Bud Light campaign <laughs> that went off the rails, uh, or Target, know. they had pride displays that they got blowback and they pulled it. 
which they right. got blowback for pulling it and, then the, and yeah, not, then and not standing firm in right. that because um so there's there's a few there's obviously a very complicated web which is like one i'm i am pro free speech especially given the fact that um <laughs> without that we become like the russian state right who is still at war with ukraine by the way like not to have forgotten this other war that's happening um and the media is only pro-russian you know media that's happening there so like i'm not trying to use that as an extreme but like we need to be careful to not go to a place this way where the only news and information that we receive is that which is state sanctioned right yeah because who's vetting who the vetters and that's the question like that's really the question here and so on one hand years like there was a very up until not too long ago i would have said so let's err on the side of free speech because human goodness will prevail on the other hand the last couple of years like after really post january 6 2021 like I'm going, I don't know if that's true anymore. Like somebody's got to protect us. Yeah. Um, what do we do with this? And so I'm I'm only to the point where I'm asking that question. I'm not to the point where I have an answer about it. Um, but I, I, so I'll still err on the side of free speech, but that free speech is on social media is having real genuine consequences, including the 2020 2016 election where Russia got involved via bots right. and perpetuated. And that's a slight, and, right. And that's a slightly different than hate speech. It's just like false news. Like it's fake false speech. Things. Right. Right. Cause I but, do, there's always been hate speech like that has always existed. Um, yeah. It has been ramped up with AI capability. Yeah. And that's it, it. It has been. And and I I always remind people we, we got to take the long view and remember that humanity involves and fits and starts three steps forward, two and a half steps back. But if history, if history is any indicator, we end up doing good. I'm thinking of, I'm thinking and, of civil rights. I'm thinking of same sex marriage. Yep, we yep. like there's I mean, yeah. And even can, if can, one mm-hmm. gets revoked, we will get back there, right? Like that exactly. That like exactly row will be restored. I have faith in that. I really do. I, I, the, I do as I do as well. But it's going to be messy do, along the way, and the people who don't want it to change will be the loudest and will find platforms like X right. to articulate that. Where my over, so my oversight, I guess I'm, and this is just clarifying in this conversation where my, I don't want more necessarily oversight of free speech from people. I want more oversight from the bot AI. I want us to get there where we're. And that's kind of easier, having... to, frankly, to root out. Cause we're, you know, that's just malicious individuals trying to, uh, you know, subvert democratic norms and like, okay, that what, like, yeah, let's root yeah, that out. I, so I I don't know it it's but it's still complicated like but none I like, of this is easy. You know where you landed, Shannon, is where these university presidents are. Presidents are. We are leaning toward free speech, even though that is hurtful and hard. Like we're not going to jump to shutting people's right. voices down. So yeah. 
Yeah. When I was in college, Clarence Thomas came and spoke at the university and the biggest hall, the biggest um, lecture hall on the university was the school in the school of music where I was a student. So it wasn't that I had a problem. I, I mean, it wasn't I had a problem. That was the university's decision to bring him there. It was also my prerogative to stand outside with other students and protest him. So both get to be possible. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. So as long as yes. both are possible, then that's what free speech is. The moment one of those gets shut down, now we get complicated. Now yeah. they gave him a like a platform, but he already has a platform. So like, this is where my, you know, like, you're not shutting down Clarence position. Thomas, a Supreme Court judge, like, come on, you know, <laughs> whatever. Did the university pay him and did he declare those earnings? That's the oh. question. Oh, I mean, gosh. let's just, I can't even. But does the law school have a right to bring in a Supreme Court judge, even if I disagree with his opinions? Yes, Absolutely. they do. They have every right to do that. And I have every right to stand outside and be like, you're a jerk. Figure it out, dude. You and, know. and that's and that's the thing with with free speech. Hurtful things will be said because there are people who are determined to hurt other people, right? That's that comes with it. The alternative is so much worse. Right. Right. You know, we we we, we, we continue to see that. Yeah. Go ahead. This is one of those like democracy is the best form of government. Given that, you know, or whatever that quote is, right? Given that we haven't found a better mm -hmm. one. Like that's right. what I feel about free speech you know, we need to lean towards it because we haven't found something better yet. <laughs> also, also, can we, you know, back to that social media thing, I think the prop part of the problem is that we become too reliant on sound bites being the whole story yeah. as opposed to like, so, so like I hadn't, I barely heard anything about this. I saw headlines, uh, university president issue and didn't, didn't dig into it because I didn't have the time. But right away when I was looking at the script right before you showed up, Shannon, and Brian had the question, and my first thing was, let me go look at some other articles about this. Let me dig into this. Let me read some more. But in this like short attention span, social media soundbite sort of deal, mm -hmm. people just hear the soundbite and create the whole opinion and picture without further research, without further knowledge. And I think that's the danger. That's we're heading in that direction where I think we're gonna for a while do more harm than good. AI is not helping, deep fakes are not helping. Um, and it's those, it's those of us who are not easily swayed. Um, we're gonna have a harder time pushing it back against, you know, the folks who are just like, I don't want to work that hard. I'm just gonna believe whatever I see. Right. And the viral yeah. moment is this congresswoman saying, give me a yes, no answer. And it's like, it, you can't reduce it. Like I was going to say, why didn't that go viral? Her pushing, like, you know what I mean? Like that. Anyway, whatever. Because, By the way, so I just checked my Apple News mm -hmm. again, which is how I get my news. Nothing, nothing there. Absolutely nothing <laughs> wow. about this story at all. That's insane. <sighs> I thought well, talking about it this whole time, no, no, no. maybe they would well, The state doesn't want you to know. No, Somebody no. Somebody doesn't want me to know. This happened four days ago. We've moved on. This is the other thing, right? This is the other thing. Nothing, nothing lasts more than a day, and we forget so quickly, and we and we move on. Um, wow. No, I'm. I anyway. 
So I'm like really, today, I really haven't thinking about getting a newspaper again. <laughs> right. I'm like today. Just, oh my god, have you guys seen? I just uh, need information. The Netflix movie "Leave the World Behind." Speaking of movies, um, yes, not not a holiday movie, but you have to. Right? Did you watch it? Yeah. I so several people have watched it and like commented on it. Yes, but I love the fact when all the communications went down, like there's no internet, there's no TV, there's nothing. It was like, I'm going to drive into town and get a newspaper. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. So I, I I, think I think that's in the description of the thing. I don't yeah, not give no, away that's anything. Fair. That's fair. But uh, but he's like, yeah, I'm going to go into town and get a and get a newspaper. And I was like, well, that's curious um, in terms of like, OK, well. How are how are the newspaper folks getting their information? Yeah, how and how and... recent was their printing? And <laughs> right. Well, and I do, and I do understand that, and <laughs> I do feel like the newspaper still goes through newspapers and magazines still kind of go through an editing process. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. Listen, I that's paint. like one step, like one more step than a post that's in, quick. And, in, yeah. yeah. In my uh, in my uh, extremes of poverty and debt right now, I still and maybe I should rethink this. Maybe this is why I'm in extremes of debt. I still have a paid subscription to Washington Post. Like right. I I want to make sure that at least, you know, until Jeff Bezos really sticks his fingers in the pie, um, that there's that these um, and again, we always have to put a question mark on mainstream media, but they seem like at least one of the reputable, um, you know, legacy news outlets that are not, that don't that do the research, that do the work, yeah. that are not about clickbait, that have longer articles and opinions and, and, you know, good luck, hopefully people reading them, but yeah, we're, we've, we've become the, for better, or for worse, the TikTok headline, sort yeah. of uh, generation and it's it's getting worse and worse and i think that's that's my again fear that less and less people will read more and more and get the full story yeah yeah so i don't know i mean if only we could get our evening news from bradley jackson you know <laughs> oh, oh my god yeah well on that note, <laughs> thank you, friends, for tuning into Pub Theology Live. You can show your love for the show by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Get access to pre and post show banter and more. Visit patreon.com slash ptlive to get started. And a big thank you to our current patrons. Listen for your news updates. Please don't get your news from us. This is a terrible, terrible <laughs> <game>. <laughs> Agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> but listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple and Google Podcasts. Our top cities tuning in this week are Elk Grove, California, Chicago, Illinois, and Sydney, Australia. Where they probably do spend a lot of time at the beach at Christmas, Brian. Bear. So you can watch these videos, nice. <laughs> these conversations on Facebook Live. And if you'd like to start a pub theology gathering in your town, find support and resources at pubtheology.com. So until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. By the way, you have to take Google Podcasts out of that because they're shutting down the platform. Of course they are. Because that's what Google does. Creates a thing and then kills it. They're switching. They're, they're like moving Google podcasts. Oh, you know what? Too.
Stitcher might be dead. <laughs> oh my god. 